0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Where's This Going? Before we get into it today, I want to once again remind you to check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel that you can find by searching my name, Felix Levine, on YouTube. There you can watch this episode as well as every single other episode in video formats. I also have some highlights and some clips from all those episodes if you don't feel like watching the entire thing. Also, please go follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine and on Twitter at FelixLevine. And if you want to check out my website, Felix-Levine.com, there you'll find every single episode in both video and audio formats, as well as pictures from every recording. And if you're a fan or a sponsor that wants to get in contact with me, there you can find all of my information handy. I also want to give a massive shout out to my sponsor, US Wellness Meets. At U.S. Wellness Meats, the owners are the farmers themselves. They provide beef, lamb, bison, and dairy products that are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. They also offer pasture-raised heritage pork, free-range poultry, and wild-caught seafood. They specialize in a variety of diets and have hundreds of paleo, keto, Whole30, sugar-free, and AIP-friendly foods. All their foods are raised on family farms dedicated to sustainable and ethical principles. They do not use any pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, growth hormones, or GMOs. U.S. wellness meats will ship anywhere in the country for only $9.50 for shipping and handling, and most orders are delivered within 24 to 48 hours of leaving their facilities. Go to uswellnessmeats.com today and use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for 15% off store-wide savings. Go check them out right now. I also want to give a big shout out to Eat Clean Bro. I've been using Eat Clean Bro personally a ton lately, and let me tell you about them. They're a convenient service that is designed to bring chef-prepared meals right to your front door. During this quarantine season, I've been ordering from them, honestly, a couple times a week, and it's really great to have them deliver everything fresh right to your door. You put it in the fridge, you put it in the microwave when you want to eat it, and boom, it's healthy, it's nutritious, and most importantly, it tastes really, really good. And luckily for you, because you're listening, you can get 15% off your next order if you want to just give it a try, and then once you love it, You can get 15% off of every order thereafter. Here's how it works. Go to eatcleanbro.com. Put together a cart of all your favorite meals. And then when you check out, use coupon code WTG and you'll receive 15% off that order. And my next guest, everybody in this country and on earth has been talking about the Netflix series Tiger King the past couple of months. And today I am super excited to be joined by the Tiger King's husband. Please welcome Dylan Passage, husband of the infamous Joe Exotic. And we're live. Dylan, thank you uh, so much for for taking the time today, coming on the show. I'm uh, I'm very happy to have you.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me. So
0: I told you a few seconds ago, if there's a little tidbit, a little story, um, you know, you've done a bunch of press, a lot of media. uh, I'm sure things are crazy these days. But if there's a little tidbit, a little story that the world doesn't know about Dylan Passage.
1: Um, I mean, you know, at 24, nobody expects to have gone and still be going through the things that I've, you know, had to, to, to deal with. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely been an intense ride and it has not been easy. And, um, you know, yeah, Joe's Joe's situation is absolutely horrible. and He doesn't necessarily deserve to be there for as long as he has been. Um, but it has not been easy here either, but you know, I'm staying strong. I have a good support system and it's, it's all working out in the end.
0: Now, talk to me, um, because that's, that's really, you know, I mean, in my, in my research of, of trying to, 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 you know, prep for this, um, it's, it's really to, to try to understand, you know, more about you, because I think it's, uh, you know, everyone, Joe at this point is a celebrity. We all know about him. Um, we all know that story, but you know, it's true. I don't think enough people talk about the fact that you're 24. You have a lot of eyes on you very quickly in the past couple months, really, um, How do you these days kind of you know find that common, like a some some kind of comfort in your life and some kind of like you know just relaxation, get away from from everything going on.
1: So I have like the same group of friends that I have had since before I met Joe to when I met Joe to after Joe was arrested to now. So they've kind of been my constant and my rock and. You know, it's, it's good to have a, a strong support system like that for people who aren't going to judge you no matter what. Um, so they've really been the people keeping me sane while well, all this is happening.
0: And so talk to me about, uh, you know, before it got released, what did you expect the reaction would be? Did you think people would, I mean, you know, did you think people would start messaging you on social media or following you or emailing you? I mean, what did you kind of expect from
1: it? No, so like before the show dropped, you know, nobody really expected it to be as big as it is. I I did think people would speak their mind and there would be judgment, good and bad. Um, but, you know, to the extent of what it is, never would I have thought that it would it would be here at this point.
0: Based on the show, you can kind of tell that Joe, Joe likes that attention. You know, he likes uh, people loving him and, and talking to him and looking up to him like that. For you are you like that as well? I mean, do you like this attention? Is it something that you wish almost there's like a, you know, a point of diminishing return that you don't really like everything that that's been happening? How do you feel about it?
1: Um, you know, I never really cared for the limelight or or any for my life to be kind of put out there. Um, but, you know, Joe on the other hand did. Um, so I mean, there is going to be some like big opportunities that are happening for Joe and I. Um, So I'm grateful for that, but it's nothing that I ever wanted and I'm just kind of rolling with it as it goes.
0: And I know that, uh, so you're right now, you're a bartender. That's correct. Yeah. And I mean, obviously with everything going on, you probably can't work, but, uh, were you able, like what the, 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 the documentary released right when this all started. So were you ever working while this had released or no?
1: No, I was not. So you know, thankfully, I only got my two minutes of screen time anyway, and I look completely different than <laughs> what I did in the documentary series. So I feel like even if I would have still been working and still be kind of on the, the, the lay low, because only like my close friends really know, you know, and I mean, I've been recognized a few times out, outside, but not not very often. So I'm also thankful for the quarantine for that.
0: What's it <laughs> what what in the few interactions that you've had of being recognized? What's that been like for you?
1: I've been at the... It's so awkward. Um, You know, I'm just like a normal dude. It's just, you know, people are just interested in what I'm doing. Um, But it's like people are like, oh my God, like, is it okay if I get a picture with you? And I'm like, yeah. Like a cop asked me to get a picture. I was like, only if you don't give me a ticket. Um, (laughs) So I kind of had to... I've I've been playing it a little bit. But um, it's just definitely weird. Um, It's taking some getting used to. I mean, what are your... uh Immediate plans assuming
0: quarantine ends and you can and people can kind of go back to normal Do you still intend to to bartend or do you have other I know there's obviously a lot of a lot of other things opportunities going on But um, you know, do you expect to kind of go back to to some normalcy?
1: You know, I mean bartending is always going to be something that I really like to do um, It's a lot of fun. You you get to meet a lot of cool new people and like especially after this if I were to go back People would want to come in more But I mean, I do have other things lined up that I will be doing. not going to talk too much on that, but there are some things that are going to be happening. So then, you know, once I get a break from that, I'm definitely going to, I have places where I can still go back and bartend. And when you, I just want to bring
0: you back, uh, because I don't know if that many people know about, you know, your childhood and your upbringing. I mean, will you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and what you were like? As a kid, I mean, I I could imagine even just three or four years ago, you probably didn't imagine life would be like it is today.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I was in a military family. My dad was in the Marine Corps. Um, So we lived in Killeen, Texas, um, on base for like, till I was from when I was born to when I was like six, maybe seven. And then moved to a little town called Salado. And then my parents split up when I was nine and then my dad moved to austin my mom moved to another town called belton and so i was there in belton from when i was 10 to 14 maybe and then when i was 14 i went to live with my dad in austin and from 14 to 16 i lived with him um told him i was gay sent me back to live with my mom which perfectly cool with me didn't even care about the dude it was it was perfectly fine and um my stepdad was like super, super supportive. He didn't care if I was gay. My mom didn't care. None of my family cared. So, you know, then I finished high school in Belton and then moved to East Texas and went to school and studied psychology and criminal justice and did college cheerleading and met a lot of really good people there. And um that was a good like family away from home. It's kind of like a fraternity sorority mixed into one. Um and then after I finished school, I moved to Oklahoma, met Joe, and you know the story
0: from there. <laughs> and did you, uh, I mean, say before you met Joe, what, what did you expect or hope that life would look like, you know, at this point, 24,
1: 25 and, and onwards? Honestly, I have, I have no idea at this point, just because it's been so overwhelming since I have met Joe, since the, the day I met Joe. It's been a crazy freaking ride. Um, and my situation kind of has changed every single time that something happens. So, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to be where I am. And without Joe, I honestly have no idea where I would be.
0: And talk about your, I mean, you know, there's, you've done a, a bunch of press and I don't want to bore you with the same questions, but I, I think it's also uh, good to reiterate, um, you know, because I think there's some parts in the documentary where they want to paint Joe as X or Y um, and how he, in his re- past relationships with other with other people. But talk about what it's really like when those cameras are off. Um, you know, just you and Joe as two people living together with no cameras around.
1: Joe was a big old machine baby, okay? Like, like a big old tit bag. Love him to death, but a big old tit bag. Um, in front of the cameras, that's what everyone knows as Joe Exotic. Behind the cameras, he's a completely different person. Still very sincere and very opinionated. Um, but. There's like a lot of things that people don't know about Joe's life and his childhood that have really kind of shaped who he is. Um, And behind closed doors, he's not afraid to be that person. But in front of the camera, he just has to put on this persona of being this tough gay guy. You know, he has things to prove. He's a gay man living in Oklahoma. More, I want to
0: also know kind of what your conversations are like. And when you talk about, uh, you know, him telling you about your, your... his childhood, I don't know if you want to share things that, that he's told you that people shouldn't know. No, not really? Okay.
1: I mean, he's writing a book, so okay. his childhood and all that is going to be released into that. So it's going to be a lot... Very intense. Very intense. And how did your
0: childhood, um, if at all, and, and your experiences, uh, you know, you talk about your 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 dad not being accepting of, of, of you being gay. Um, how does that, you know... Now that you're 24 and you've had some perspective, if you have advice for other kids who have been in similar situations, um, you know, now that you have this platform, uh, what is some advice for for those kids that are perhaps struggling?
1: You were the first person who's asked that, so thank you. Um, but I think there's a peacock going off back there. Not gonna lie, <laughs> there's so it's just freaking crazy here. All right, but um, you know, if if, if you're gay and you're scared to come out or if one of your family members is not accepting then their opinion really is almost irrelevant i mean they may be a very important person to you at the time but and they may come around eventually but you know there are people who are going to love you no matter what and they will support you and root for you even in your worst and darkest times which was has been my situation i can't speak for absolutely everything and everybody's circumstances. But, you know, you just got to keep your head up and know that it's only temporary when you're not going to be accepted. Um, and it may hurt at the time, but in a week, a month, a year, however long you you're going to have people who are going to want to be there for you and take care of you and and love you no matter what you're going through or who you are. And I think what's also beautiful about uh, you even talking about that and
0: also in other interviews that I've heard you talk about. Uh, how when you met Joe, you were in this really dark place, right? And you've talked about uh, dealing with substance abuse and and things like that. I don't know how much you do or don't want to get into that, but I do think, um, you know, a lot of people can probably relate to a lot of those different, um, you know, issues on a lot of different levels. Do you want to maybe talk about uh, what was that? Was there a rock bottom that you felt like uh, in your life that, you know, maybe it was a moment that you realized, I got to make a change. Because I think now that you do also have this platform, you know, there's a lot of people that are that feel lost. And maybe it's because they, they don't feel loved, they don't feel accepted, and they turn to, to substances for a variety of reasons. For you, do you feel like you turning to those substances was anything in relation to not being accepted by, by someone like your dad? Or was it completely separate?
1: No. So my substance abuse problem was completely separate than that. Like my, my dad's perspective on my life is really does not shape who I am whatsoever. And, you know, he's honest to God, quite irrelevant to me. And I really, he, I have no relationship, relationship with him. Don't care to, don't want to, don't think I ever will in my future. Um, but mine was more about was had to do with a depression of, you know, being cheated on constantly being in a really toxic relationship. And that's what kind of drove me to, to start taking Xanax and I was taking it so much. So I would forget how I was feeling. So I wouldn't feel anything at all. And then, so I'd feel numb and then I'd forget the entire day behind me, you know, that I had gone through already. Which was why I stuck with it, you know, and that's one of the things that made it so addicting to me is that I was just numb and I didn't have to feel anything and when I was off of it, all of the emotions came flooding in. So I was at rock bottom for quite a while. Um, and then when I met Joe, he literally put the situation in front of me and was like, you have no choice but to be sober so you can keep these animals alive. And so that gave me a purpose and made me feel like my life was worth something that these animals were depending on me. Um, And so being in that kind of state of mind really brought me out of my darkest time. And, you know, I can't be any more grateful for the things Joe has done for me and, and helped me and making me realize that there is more to me than just forgetting a certain period of time, that period of time shaped who I am. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and for
0: you, when did you... Uh, so when did you... What was that period of time that you, you were abusing? Like, when did you first start? And when did that... I mean, you kind of ended at, what, 21 or so?
1: No, so I started at 21. Okay. Um, probably around January, February of 2017. And it wasn't really bad until maybe... Like, April, May okay. of 2017. And then um, I that maybe lasted like three or four months. And then like in August, September, I was back home living with my sister. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this anymore. And so like, I went through super dark place. And then I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to, I went to live with my cousin in Oklahoma. And, and then it got really bad again for like a solid month. And then I met Joe. And then that's when I was like, okay, no more done with, I don't need it. I have other things I need to focus on. There's, there's, I have goals now and, you know, there's people who are going to do everything to keep me away from that. And that was the most important thing to me. It's like, just the people around you are really the, the ones who impact your decision making. And did you make that, was it, were you able, I mean, some people
0: are able to, to go from, you know, substance to zero. Some need to do a
1: gradual change. What kind of, was that an easy process for you? I mean, it was definitely difficult. Um, it was a gradual process for sure because I went from having full access to, to getting the the drugs um, when, when I was in college and still around there in that summer period. Um, and then, you know, when I went home, it was not able for me to get it, which was also very frustrating at the time. Um, and then when I moved to Oklahoma, I thought I was going to be getting away from it. And, but then I was just like put right in the middle of the same situation. So it had easily accessible substances for me to get. Um, So then the first couple weeks of me being at the zoo, when I just quit cold Turkey were the most miserable weeks of my life. I was so sick, couldn't really function almost like it was just so minimal. Um, So I had a lot of help from Joe and, and getting me out of bed and like, just keeping me feeling right, you know, and, and manageable. And for, it was just, it was really bad at first, but you know, after the first couple of weeks, two, three, then, excuse me. Then I was like, okay, this is, this is manageable. This is manageable. So for a couple of months afterwards, you know, there were obviously urges for me to want to go back there. Um, But I was like, no, like I don't need to, I don't need to, when I do that, I don't make good choices. So. And so, what really were those? What were those
0: conversations like when with Joe when he's, uh, you know, just trying to to get you out of bed, as you say, or or to kind of get you away from that? I mean, because that's stuff that I don't even think we we ever really see at all in the documentary. Um, and and you know, pe- and people want to portray him as as you know whatever they want to portray him as. But it's those moments that you realize, um, you know, those are the most meaningful moments in life in reality. Um, but what are those conversations like?
1: joe was every conversation was like tough love um you know he kind of was like hey you're either gonna do this you're gonna do this he wasn't there was no black and white about it i mean there was no like color in between it was just black or white you do this you do this and um you know he was an asshole while still being very caring and you know considerate of the my the place i was in so it was like uplifting but like he wasn't degrading me he was just like well making me realize like, well, this is what's going to happen if you decide to go back to that.
0: Gotcha. And what's the, what What would you say is the biggest min- misconception about Joe?
1: <clears throat> that he's a big old asshole. I mean, he, he can definitely be an asshole, but he has like the sweetest side and it's just very frustrating. He hasn't been able to defend himself and it's really been just me. And obviously I'm his husband, so I'm going to want to defend him, but it's like, you nobody knows Joe unless you're behind that front door. Mm. So, and I'm not saying he's a perfect person because he's not. He's definitely made some pretty bad decisions, but he's also made some really good choices and helped a lot of people, which has gone unnoticed.
0: And for you, I mean, you know, people, there's the memes, there's everyone's gonna going to make jokes about everything, but but the reality is, is uh, for you. I can imagine it's it's really hard. I mean, your your husband's in jail. You know, like that's people can joke about everything, but at the end, end of the day, there's there's real life consequences to all this. How do you? Yeah. Um, and you're young. Um, how do you? You know, I mean, you talk about that that foundation and the support team that's behind you. But on a daily basis, um, you know, how do you cope with these things when when those people are not around? Um, how do you continue life and and keep a positive mindset? while also knowing that your loved one is in, is in prison? Because the reality is a lot of people, even if they're not dating a, a Joe Exotic, who's a celebrity at this point, um, but a lot of people have their spouses in prison and it's very hard for them and their families. How do you, are there any other you know, recommendations that you have for people that ha- are si- in similar positions?
1: You know, initially it was extremely hard um, because then I was just completely independent. Um, I hadn't been independent since I'd been sober. Um, so it was, it was, it was really hard at first, but you know, it's hard to say this, but like, it gets kind of normal to, at one point it's like, this is just the way it is and you can't do anything but be hopeful for the best. Um, so even when I don't have my friends around me, I still know like, Hey, this, this could be the outcome. So staying optimistic in the most negative circumstance is the best way to go about this kind of situation.
0: And are there other things? Um. Are there any activities that you like to do or, or small things that, you know, can take your mind off of everything going on?
1: So, I mean, I love music festivals. I go to them as many times as I possibly can. And I have like my whole little rave group and it's just super cool. But when I'm not at music festivals, I'm with my friends playing pool or just like hanging out downtown or going to the beach, you know, and just recently started playing beach volleyball and that shit's a lot of fun. Standburn is no joke, let me tell you. And jumping in sand is even harder, but it is, it, it, it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, I just, I have little activities that, that kind of keep me focused, I guess.
0: And now we're just going to take a quick break because I want to talk to you about my friends over at Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. And they have all of your bestsellers, celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. For me, I've been using Audible for a couple of years now. And let me tell you, it's been uh, it's been really, really helpful. I know that uh, there's a statistic that says over 30% of Americans haven't read a book in the last year. And to me, that makes sense. I mean, the reality is, other than what's going on these days, people are just busy. And they're not sitting down to read books as much. And what's great about audiobooks is that you can kind of just listen to them with whatever you're doing, whether you're at the gym, whether you're cooking or gardening, you can just press play and get all of that really high level content very, very easily. And even during these quarantine days, I mean, it's a great opportunity to get caught up on that audiobook that everyone's been telling you about and all of your favorite titles are there and easily downloadable at Audible. Here's how it works. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a wide array of monthly selections, as well as access to Daily News digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, as well as many different guided meditation programs. You can download titles and listen offline, anytime, anywhere. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets, and you can listen across devices without losing your spot. And if you can't decide what to listen to, do not worry. You can keep your credits for up to a year. And, you know, especially these days, it's it's binge time. You can binge that whole series right now if you want. Now, here's what you got to do. Go to audible.com Felix or text Felix to 500-500 right now. And you'll get a 30-day free trial to Audible and free audiobook. Again, that's audible.com slash Felix or text Felix, that's F-E-L-I-X, my first name, to 500, 500 right now. Get that 30-day free trial, get that free audiobook, and go indulge in the amazing world of audiobooks. Now let's get back into it. Do you feel like you're still able to have, uh, you know, the normal or somewhat of a normal 24-year-old life? You know, do you feel like Part of you, because part of you is with Joe, in a sense, um, that it almost limits your ability to, to live life as in your 20s?
1: No. So before the documentary, very normal life, living like a normal 24-year-old. After the documentary dropped, it's, it was just like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to live a normal life again, just because of how insane the whole situation is. And do you, does that scare you? A little bit. I would be lying if I, if I said no, anybody kind of would, um, your life gets put on blast completely. There's probably, you know, so many people Googling me right now. And it's just like, leave me the hell alone. Like, (laughs) like I'm just a normal dude. But at this point, I feel like I can't really say that anymore. Is
0: Is there part of you that, uh regrets being part of the documentary or regrets being part of this sto- like not obviously joe but just being you know under this spotlight
1: no i have i have no regrets in my life no regrets <laughs> but no I, I i don't regret any decision i've ever made because it's shaped the person i am now and i feel like i've been a different person growing wise um since the day i met joe and since even before. Everything is a new situation, and it's a new direction for me to go. And I just kind of go with it, learn from it, and try to make my decisions and base them off of my previous actions. And
0: do you ever get bothered by, uh, you know, some people are just going to know you as Dylan Passage, Joe Exotic's husband. I think people need to also realize you're you're your own person too, you know. Like, Joe Exotic is Joe Exotic, but you're your own person. How do you, uh, does that, that, one, bother you? And two, do you... uh, ever try to, you know, be like, hey, you know, I, I have assets that I can bring to to something. I'm not just this person's husband.
1: Yeah. So those questions like for sure go hand in hand. Um, so I've, I'm just going to take the situation as it is. And, you know, I'm going to really absorb these opportunities that are, you know, coming to light and um, these opportunities that are just like I'm going to be able to be a part of. Um, and that's what I'm going to use to make people see me as Dylan Passage, not Joe Exotic's husband. And don't get me wrong. I love Joe, um, but that's not how I want to be known for the rest of my life. Cause I am an individual. I'm not just this person's side piece, if that makes sense. You know, like I'm, I don't just stand next to them. I am this person and they are this person and we coexist.
0: Now I want to ask you more about, um, how often do you are you able to
1: to talk to Joe these days? since he's been moved to Fort Worth, I've only been able to talk to him like four times four or five times, so it's been kind of hard but in Oklahoma, I was talking to him constantly all day and what's uh i
0: mean especially for for a personality like that, I can imagine it's really hard to be uh locked up i mean what's his mental state if you could give us just a just an insight on how he's how he's doing just You know,
1: this is this is Joe's mental state It's up and down, up and down. I mean, it's super difficult to be where he is, especially where he is now in Fort Worth because he can't have phone access and he's constantly by himself because of the virus. Um, So he, he needs to be able to talk to people to stay sane or since they're not next to him. He's definitely having a hard time, but he's holding up and staying optimistic and trying to take what these lawyers are saying to him and just wait it out. Because they have big plans. Does he have any, uh, any somewhat
0: maybe good stories from jail or people that he's met that have, uh, that have inspired him or, or something that, that's notable that maybe the world doesn't know about his time
1: there? I mean, a lot of people that he was in there with are like previous doctors and lawyers and, and cops, you know? So he's, he's learned a lot about the legal system while being in there. And he is going to use all that to his advantage. And Um, he made friends with all these people from in jail. Like he has friends that are in prison. He would, you know, this thing, even when he was out of jail, when he was a free man. He, every year he did the Thanksgiving dinner. He did that every Thanksgiving he's been in jail and he made Thanksgiving dinner as best as he could, obviously being in jail for all of the people on his block and like his cellmates. So, I mean, he's, he's still Joe. He's not completely broken, but he's a little broken. Do you do you think he's okay? Like, do you do you worry about him? Um, sometimes he's not okay, and then sometimes he is okay. I really just don't know how it's going to go each day. Um, just try to keep him positive. It's really hard to say you're okay in jail because obviously it's fucking jail. So um, he's holding up. That's uh, as best as I can describe it. And in terms
0: of, uh, I mean, you, there's probably some things you can't go into, but you know. What's the behind the scenes with lawyers and, and appeals and I can imagine, you know, trying to reduce sentences here and there and and people have, you know, literally started campaigns to try to get a presidential pardon. I mean, what are there any things that you can say that are on the
1: table that they're trying to work out? All I'm gonna say is that he has a team of eight attorneys, eight of the best attorneys in Texas who are working to help him and a very intelligent and strong PI who is investigating absolutely everything for this team of attorneys. So he has got a lot of good people behind his back right now and it's gonna it's gonna work in his favor for sure. And you're so you guys
0: are the whole like exotic team is feeling hopeful of what's what's next. Oh yeah, for sure. Are there any big dates or big like timelines that uh like you're you guys can't, are, tell, you. can't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> And, um, so, but overall he, you know, he's staying in there, but he's, he has a hopeful mentality.
1: Yeah, definitely. After being involved with this team exotic.
0: <laughs> and does he, uh, does he ever talk about plans of when he's out or things that, you know, uh, uh, like of the things you can talk about, does he, does he hope to go back into the big cat
1: world? Is he done with that? What does he ever talk about that? He, He's kind of done with the animal world, if, in the public eye, but he still wants his animals, his personal animals um and just have his own little private zoo. and you know that's one of his goals, and the other is just to fix his reputation because people have torn it to pieces, and he wasn't able to defend himself. so he's gonna he has a big mouth, so he's gonna be running that damn thing when he gets out. yeah, and I mean, that's the that's the
0: biggest part is I think he, you know, He's probably the most anticipated person once he comes out he's going to be a global phenomenon you know do,
1: be ready
0: <laughs> does he i mean the thing that i also think about is you know as you say running his mouth must have got him a lot of great things it also probably got him into you a lot of trouble put his ass in jail too yeah <laughs> so do do you think that uh you know that double edged sword is that ever something you talk about of maybe like being like, hey, you know, let's let's slow this down a little bit. I wanna see every you. time.
1: Been, yeah, every single time we talk on the phone because he says way too much than he should on a recorded freaking line. And uh, <laughs> and that's that was his main problem when even during his trials, like he was trying to defend himself, but like that's why you got the attorneys down there. You just answer the questions and that's it. And he's like, Oh, let me go into this and this and this kind of dug himself into a hole while providing more information that was then not able to be used in the case.
0: I just want to take another quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in Manscaped. Support for Where's This Going comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Today, I'm going to talk to you about their Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find the world-renowned electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe technology will protect you at all costs from nicking your sack. This perfect package also includes the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on ball toner and refresher. And personally, my favorite are their anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that are some of the most comfortable briefs that you'll ever find, and they'll keep everything cool and smelling fresh all day long. For all you men that haven't been taking care of yourself down there, this is a great time to start. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off and free shipping off the entire Manscaped.com site when you use my promo code WTG. Again, when you use promo code WTG at Manscaped.com, you'll receive 20% off and free shipping off of everything at Manscaped. Now let's get back into it. And... I mean, does he, uh, I know, I think in another interview I I heard you talk about, he, for a while, he had access to the emails. Did he ever get to watch the
1: documentary, by the way? He has not seen the documentary, no. And how did you describe it to him? You know, he just, the only thing I really say to him is that you're fucking famous. Everyone knows who you are. Um, He he has seen memes, though. Guards have shown him memes, and he thinks they're freaking hilarious. (laughs) Which
0: one's his favorite? Has he told you about any that he likes?
1: Um... Carol Baskin ones? He really liked so much, but but my favorite one was the this is he's like holding two guns and he's got the two tigers on next to him and it's like this is the genie that appears when you rub a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> he loves all the Carol ones. Like the guards have shown him like the Carol Baskin killed her husband. Wow. <laughs> Love those dude. And
0: uh does he does he still have uh that same animosity towards Carol and, and those that whole squad or is, is that kind of done now?
1: No, I mean, obviously he's not happy with them and he doesn't want them to be free. And he knows that now that after the show dropped, they're all gonna be where he is. It's, they're gonna switch spots. Like have you seen that show swap like Wife Swap? That's <laughs> what it's gonna
0: be. Is he uh well, yeah, you can't talk about that. There's there's so many things that you want you wanna ask, but um so overall, I mean, would you say that uh, you know, compare life before documentary and now and just have you had a second to take it all in? Like, do you ever just sit there and you're like, holy fuck, what is going on?
1: No, I had that I've I've not had that moment yet. I have not. Every day there's like I have like a like a set schedule for how I'm supposed to do things. And like this this week has been pretty relaxed compared to past weeks or the past month and a half, two months. And, um, but no, I haven't really had the the chance to just sit down and be like, let it all like just sink in and realize, you know, it's just kind of still, I'm just Dylan. That's all I care to be. Like I'm cool with that. And if you have one, but I am getting a cannabis deal. I'm excited about that. Really? Can
0: you tell us anything more about that or no? Um, that's all. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Free week for life. Free week. Wow. Um, and what you know? Other than a lot of, we've talked about a, a few different subjects with with coming out and and using this platform to to inspire other people. Are there any other messages that you know you feel passionate about that you might continue to speak about? That uh, you know, now that you have this platform, that you hope to to inspire other people because you know you're not just Joe Exotic's husband. You're someone who's gone through a lot of things in your life in your young life. You still have a lot. Of life ahead of you, um, but is there any message that that you hope to to convey to younger people out there that are struggling in in different variety of ways?
1: Shit might get hard right now, but it's not always going to be like that. There, you are going to move past it. It may seem super intense at the moment, but it's not forever. Um, obviously, things may follow you forever, but that's not going to, you know, that negative stuff is not going to shape exactly who you are. It's going to help you. Build yourself to be who you are.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. And do you, uh, do you ever think about the first thing that you and Joe are going to do once he's freed?
1: We're going to the fucking beach.
0: Somewhere else. Yeah. We're getting out of here. And if I tell you, uh, Dylan, what do you hope life looks like in 10? No, let's go 5, 10, and 20 years down the line. What do you
1: say? Um, I want my animals. A nice house on the beach. And I just want to be happy. That's it. I just want to not have a, a worry in the world. And I'm on that track, let me tell you. Beautiful. Uh, everyone can fo- follow you on Instagram
0: at, uh, D- it's Dillert, D-I-L-L-E-R-T underscore L-C-L-M. That's correct? Yep. Beautiful. Um, Dylan, an absolute pleasure to to have you on my show. Uh, yeah.
1: Having me,
0: man. It's uh, you know, first of all, I mean, you know, I can't even imagine all the things that you're going through from from the press, from just even your personal life. So to see you with this positive attitude and uh, just being able and willing to to talk to people and inspire people is is beautiful to see. And I wish you and and Joe nothing but the best. Um, you know, we hope that for you guys it, it all works out. Um, and in do in good short time. So uh, sending you all my best, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time, man.
1: No, yeah. Thank you. I I appreciate it. And, you know, glad I could could speak my mind and, you know, possibly help people out. Beautiful. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Bye bye.